and welcome to the InfraDig podcast. Today, yet again, I'm recording this podcast in person at the PPP Americas Conference in Panama, a forum hosted by the Inter-American Development Bank, IDB. This conference brings together national representatives to discuss public-private partnerships in Latin America and the Caribbean. But first, let me make my introductions. Me, I'm Angus Leslie Melville, and I'm editorial director of IJ Global Infrastructure Journal. I'm delighted to welcome to the InfraDig podcast, Sally Asfat, PPP National Secretary for the Government of Panama. Sally, welcome to InfraDig. Thank you, Angus. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> Lovely to have you here. Okay, so we're sitting here in Panama City, and it's only right that we should hear about your plans on the PPP front. Please, can you take a moment to introduce yourself and the role you play in government? Of course. Uh, well, uh, my background comes from, from infrastructure as well and project finance. So uh, I started the end of 2019 to develop uh, the new legal framework for PPPs, the right. law, not, law 93. Of course, then we had the pandemic in 2020 and everything uh, changed a bit, you know, the, the, the plans that everyone had. However, we were able to work uh, in collaboration with a lot of multilaterals, including IDB, uh, to make sure that we would develop the governance, the, the infrastructure uh, pipeline, uh, to make sure that today, we, in less than two years, we can actually promote projects. And I think that's, uh, that's really the milestone we're getting today. Actually, today is a, the first proposal of a PPP project under the uh, Law 93. And from what I've heard, there's been maybe four proposals <coughs> submitted today. Right. So no, we're very proud that we have developed in, in, in the last two years uh, a governance. My responsibility as uh, sec- National Secretary of PPP is to coordinate uh, different entities in government. Mm-hmm between the procuring entities like the Ministry of Public Works, you have also the controller office, you have the board of, di- the board of directors of the PPP, which is our four, five ministers uh, are in charge of the approvals of PPPs. And of course, also the coordination of the Ministry of Finance for all matters related to uh, continuing uh, liabilities and uh, availability payments, etc. Uh, so that's my main role. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, we have a, a team that we have assembled to make sure that we can review projects whenever they get submitted. and. At the, this point of time, we have uh, a couple of projects that I can mention later on in the interview. If you, if Wonderful. You uh, I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Um, okay, so Panama, uh, is, you're of course famed for the Panama Canal, for which uh, there was an expansion project some years back. Uh, can, can, can we expect to see any more developments on that front? Do you plan to expand it further, to take larger vessels? Perhaps? Well, that's, a, that's a good question, of course. As you, under, uh, as you know, uh, probably know, the, the canal has its own constitutional uh, kind of article. Mm-hmm. And so they have their own governance, so they don't really compete with the uh, government plans in that sense. So they have their own structure. Uh, with regards to PPPs and, and regards to expanding, of course, they have announced certain works, particularly uh, more in, in the next couple of years with regards to uh, procuring water required for expansion, the current expansion of the canal. And of course, with uh, climate change, it's important that we are you know, one, one step ahead. Yep. Uh, they have their own uh, PPP law, so they're obviously considering uh, potential projects in that front, but it's outside the scope of, uh, of, of Law 93. Uh, because they have their own their own regime, right? But of course, there's also analysis to to be uh, sure that with the increase of, of ships around the world and the size of ships, that the canal remains competitive, and that's uh, something that uh, CEO of the canal and the, the board of uh, directors are are aligned to and strategically planning to to, to cater. Excellent. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. 
Can we bring up the listeners up to speed with where Panama is at the moment? You've currently got two major road upgrade PPPs in procurement. And you mentioned earlier there has been a development today. today um, can, can you give us an update on how they're progressing? Yeah, just to, just to clarify, as I mentioned, part of the governance of, of Panama, which is a bit different to other countries, is that we are a PPP unit that coordinates. We don't execute the projects itself. We make sure that the assurance of it uh, goes to the board and the board gets approved of the, the PPP project. So uh, you mentioned two, which are the two that are officially listed in our, on our uh, PPP portal, which is the Pan American East Highway and the Pan American West Highway. Yes. Uh, Pan American East Highway was uh, structured with the uh, collaboration uh, of uh, IFC and IFC and the Ministry of Public Works. It's uh, around 246 kilometers. It's the availability payment structure, mm-hmm. um, a, around $424 million of investments throughout the life of the uh, project and an 18-year contract between construction and, and O&M. Um, from what I hear, I was just in a panel. Uh, from what I hear, by the time I was going into the panel, there were four uh, potential bidders. So mm-hmm. that's uh, good news for, for the first PPP project under the PPP uh, Law 93 regime. Uh, so that's that's going on well. So if everything goes well, then it, it will pass on to the evaluation process, and then it gets uh, a, you know awarded to whoever had the best uh, price in, in the project. No? Uh, we also have uh, Pan American West, which is actually being advised uh, by IDB, mm-hmm. and it's around 260 kilometers, also availability payment, around $350 million of investment. Uh, we are currently in the process of pre-qualification. I think, if I'm not mistaken, September is the date where uh, the bidders should submit their pre-qualification requirements. Right. And from that on, you go to the uh, actual bidding process, which would be a couple months after that. Yeah. So we're hoping that by the end of this year, this also this also project will be you know will be awarded. It, these two projects are part of a program that uh, Minister Public Works has. It's uh, two thousand kilometers of roads, mm-hmm. and uh, the beauty of it is that it's replicated, right? So you have the first big projects, the first two big projects, and then you start replicating other tranches. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all share similar risk in the sense that uh, they're all availability payments and mm-hmm. they're ground food projects. So. In a way, we're trying to see is that we can uh, post pandemic. Actually, our strategy was how can you replicate projects quickly, mm-hmm. without, of course, um, letting aside that everyone has to do their own studies according to law. And so it's it's a way to uh, make it agile to make sure that we can create the jobs that we integrate, but also attend to the uh, infrastructure gap in in Panama. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you mentioned those two, but if you want, I can also mention the other two projects that we oh. have. Please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think there's uh, there's another project that um, that we have, which is a transmission project. Will be probably the first PPP transmission project in, in Panama. It's the fourth transmission line. It's currently in pre-feasibility stage. It should be in feasibility in a couple of weeks, actually. Mm-hmm. And when it gets approved in feasibility, if it gets approved in feasibility, it goes into the tender process, and that should also occur by the end of this year. It's around 330 kilometers. It's a self-financed project, so it, it basically uh, the tariff of electricity uh, is used to repay the project and around $700 million investment in the short term. No? Um, it's a very important project because it's the first 500 kV transmission line in Panama and it's in the uh, Atlantic side uh, of Panama. So it's, uh, it plays an important role because the other transmission lines are in the Pacific. So it, it balances the load of the whole, of the whole system. No? And then I can jump into pipeline, which is an interesting uh, area. You, uh, you, you are, you're blowing out my questions one <laughs> after the other, but I'm perfectly happy for you to continue because uh, this is of interest to me. But yeah, so that's the, the immediate investments around 
fifteen hundred uh, million dollars of executing projects and investments, but the pipeline is around two thousand uh, two thousand million dollars. So it's right. it's a two billion dollars for us, but that, right. that's and it's, uh, it's structured in different type of projects. So you have mainly road programs. You have um, probably we're gonna be seeing a feasibility of two other tranches of the uh, of the two thousand kilometer program. Right. That. But the two, the two we expect to receive from Ministry of Public Works, it's not officially still submitted, but it's on the draft version. Should be around three hundred million dollars, both, mm-hmm. both of them. Uh, then you have uh, probably the first uh, high, uh, toll road that we are considering, which is uh, okay. Costanera One and Costanera Two. There are two projects that have been worked with the World Bank and uh, IDB. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those two are important. They're around a billion dollars in investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have another toll road with uh, Cabey, which is around $200 million in uh, the west of Panama, Colcorro Norte de David. Mm-hmm. So between those and the Judito City, which I invite you to participate in, in our uh, session in, in PP Americas, where the uh, presidents of the Supreme Court of Panama will be presenting uh, what they expect to do with uh, the Judito City, which is around $400 million. And it will be the first type of project in Panama, a pilot project in Panama for uh, vertical infrastructure. You know? So it will be the first one of its kind. And we are grateful that we're also getting the support of IDB for that, that project. You know? So in total, around 3,500 since the inception, a million dollars since the inception of uh, the Law 93 and today. And uh, we're very happy of how that has progressed throughout the years considering also that we had a, a pandemic to go through. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, one, one question for you, for your roads program. Um, I find it rather curious, you go from availability and then suddenly we talk about toll roads. It's a good question. It's a good question. Uh, when you start, strategically, when you start a PPP program like the one that Panama started, uh, you have to start with the projects that are easy to replicate, also mm-hmm. quicker wins from yeah. a project finance yeah. perspective. And, that's why the 2,000 kilometers was structured as availability payment, but there's a technical explanation of why their availability payment is. Panama has around, uh, I believe, 20,000 kilometers of mm-hmm. road to Panama, but uh, of that 10%, you have 80, 80% of traffic goes to that 10% to the 2,000 kilometers. So there aren't alternatives to those roads. So right. basically you, you yep. need to maintain them as it is, but there are requirements for more investments in those roads, mm-hmm. particularly because it, for instance, the Pan American Highway is the main artery of roads in Panama. It's, it affects the whole supply chain. It's an important connection to other countries. So tolling that is not an alternative considering yeah. there are no other alternatives. Yeah. And yeah. the project that I mentioned, Costanera and Corona Norte David, there are, there are basically alternate roads to the existing roads. And there is uh, studies of demand that uh, uh, require more investments mm-hmm. uh, for um, roads in those areas. Mm-hmm. So the, the logical step there would be to uh, do a toll road so that the demand that's happening through those connections can take the better route depending on yep, the, yep. Uh, the user experience, right? So, um, so yeah, that's what we're currently studying and there's the reason why we are having two types. You know? we, we, yep. The ones that can be paid by market and the ones that we can be, uh, that are basically complemented by the public investment uh, budget. Excellent. Um, classic adherence to the toll road versus availability. Yep. Uh, couldn't approve more. But, uh, <laughs> um, one of the cr- crucial elements uh, we like to focus on is, of course, financing. After all, IJ is a finance title. Um, how's the lending environment here in Panama? Um, this 
of course, is an IDB event. We're speaking at PPP Americas. They've done an excellent job of showcasing activity across Latin America. But on a local level, um, how, how do you feel the lending market responds to Panama? Well, it's a good question. Panama has been historically known as a financial hub, so that's that's a plus. Yeah. Um, there is a history of project finance in Panama, as you can see, uh, mainly in the uh, energy sector and port sector. There is financing, non-term financing, which is critical for these type of projects. Um, at tenor-wise, I think there are the market conditions to do it. We also have quite developed capital market structure, so where um, you know you can you can combine structures of, of short-term lending that become you know uh, uh, bond issuances and. You know, there is interest. Uh, most of these projects, majority of these projects have a reduction in climate effect, so they could qualify for uh, also a green bond angle, which is something that has been, uh, uh, been evaluated recently. So I would say uh, the, the market condition from a banking perspective is favorable, mm-hmm. and more, more so uh, considering that you have multilaterals like IDB, IFC, CAF, uh, CAFE that are very interested in financing these projects. So. Uh, we, we have also heard from pension funds, which are also critical for these type of projects. But of course, we needed to get the uh, pipeline rolling, and you know, the first project is going to be reflective of what we can actually get from the market. And after that, we will certainly develop other structures. And, and I think pension, the pension fund angle will be something that we will evaluate right. uh, for future projects. But I would say very favorable in the sense of what we've heard from the market. Fantastic. Um, what was your message to the market, international infrastructure and financing market about Panama? Well, I think the, the message is clear. If you look at uh, Latin America, you see GDP growth, you see inflation. Uh, Panama has the lowest, in, one of the lowest inflation in the world. Uh, you know, one of the highest growing economies, and, and consequently, actually, one of the most uh, active pipelines of project finance infrastructure projects from UBN. If you look at Latin America today. There are announcements of projects, but uh, we we were fortunate enough to work with multilateral during the pandemic so that we can actually execute our pipeline this year. So uh, I would say there are a lot of opportunities to replicate uh, in the roads program, the vertical infrastructure, and of course we will still continue to develop the pipeline. You got the market conditions to execute financing. Uh, we're a dollarized economy and of course connected to, uh, because of our connectivity to all over the world. So I think that's a plus for setting uh, you know, a base for a potential PPP, a long-term contract in Panama. So I would invite them to participate in all these projects. Um, one one key advantage that we have in our regulation, and I would say it's a, a, a favorable condition compared to other countries, is that we actually publish all our pre-feasibility and feasibility studies, the PPP projects. So even if there is still, uh, you know, the market is valuing where to invest, you can actually see that previously still is already published, mm-hmm. and that gives you way more uh, of a competitive advantage to other countries. Where say, well, we know where the project is going, we know the metrics of the project, we know the financial model of the project. So, uh, I would invite uh, everyone that's listening to really you know, encourage them to look at the uh, our websites and, and mm-hmm. uh, kind of get informed of what we're doing because that will give you an advantage to comparing all to other countries who are investing. Hmm. Um, just, just one last question. Um, we've only really talked about uh, transport. Um, any plans on the social infrastructure side? Yes, uh, social infrastructure is uh, strategically we started in transport, as, as I mentioned. Yes. We are also now looking into a vertical infrastructure with a digital city. 
uh, we're now also uh, also looking at other type of uh, infrastructure like airports. Mm. There are actually two uh, uh, brownfield projects, basically a recycling assets uh, kind of angle mm-hmm. of two airports in Panama, uh, potentially the Rio Ato and David airports. Mm-hmm. This is something that Tokumen, uh, who is responsible for those projects, are currently evaluating. So we hope to get uh, some update from them soon. Um, and of course, from the social infrastructure angle, we would have loved to execute a pilot program for a hospital mm-hmm. and a pilot program for schools. Yes. However, we're we're still organizing the pipeline, and and probably if if it's not in 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 our governance structure for the next couple of years, it, someone else will have to develop also the the plan for that. But we have uh, left um, at least certain criteria to kind of prioritize these projects in the next generation of PPPs in Panama. And I would say that's something that will get evaluated probably next year. Uh, but those two projects will probably be the first intro in Panama for social infrastructure. Okay. And in Panama, you can actually, the, the, the advantage to is that you can do the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. You don't get into a service of hospitals or, or education, but you can service the infrastructure of those two. Yes. Uh, like it's typical in other countries, no? but uh, that's an advantage that we have in, in the law. Fantastic. Okay, that's, that sounds really quite exciting for Panama. Um, I think that draws us to a close, and I think you've got another panel to shoot off to. So um, thank you very much for your time, for joining us on this podcast. It's been very interesting. Sally Asvat, um, PPP National Secretary for the Government of Panama, I'd like to thank you for joining us, and to the listener, as always, I hope you found this to be anything but in for a dig.